Welcome to a special episode of the You Can Adopt podcast. This National Adoption Week, we are shining a spotlight on the positive impact adoption has on adopted people's lives, as well as the strides made in the sector to put children and their sense of identity at the heart of the adoption journey. Historically, adoption was often seen as secretive and hidden, with little information and support provided to help adopted people understand their history and maintain connections with their birth family. However, it is now considered vital that adopted people have a good understanding of their history and the reason why they were adopted to help form a positive sense of identity. This includes staying in touch with birth relatives and friends when safe and appropriate and maintaining these connections through life story books, later life letters and memory boxes, which all help adoptive people stay connected to their past. Now I'm here with Samantha, who is adopted herself and whose family have three generations of adopted people, so can provide a real insight into how adoption has evolved and changed throughout the years. She's going to share her story with us today. So Samantha, welcome. It's so lovely to have you here. Well, thank you so much, Nick. It's really lovely to be here today with you. It's great. You know, we're both adopted. I'm sure we've got some fantastic stories and, and different journey you and I have been on. But tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit more about your adoption journey. Sure, yes. So my name is Sam um, and I am the adoptive mother of a very beautiful little boy um, whom we adopted in 2013. Um, I am, as you mentioned, adopted myself, as is my sister, who was adopted two years after me. And our adoptive mother was also herself adopted in 1939. So as you mentioned, we are three generations um, of adopted people which I think is, is fairly rare, or I believe there might be one other family like ours um, in the UK. Um, I have also been on the journey to search for my birth mother, which I did back in 1998. And then through a genetic testing site, um, I discovered that my birth father was still alive. I knew very little about him. And that opened up a whole nother world for me um, in America, which was incredible. Um, alongside that, I also work in a primary school with uh, adopted children or children who have special educational needs um, as a one-to-one. -one. Many of them are adopted as well. So I think I've got quite a good insight into adoption in its many forms. I think it's so interesting because, you know, I'm adopted and my brother is adopted from another family. Mm -hmm. And again, like you, you know, it's been quite interesting because only just the beginning of lockdown, I did one of those DNA tests as well. Yeah. And um, Fascinating. my curiosity, yeah, you, you know, you kind of think, is it the right time to do it? Should I do it now? What's going to open? Will there be sort of a weird can of worms or is it the right time? Mm -hmm. And I just, I suppose I did it maybe because lockdown made everyone bored and curious and yeah. we had <laughs> so much time on our hands. Nothing to do, yes. I had nothing to do. But actually, it was probably the best thing I've ever done in my life, Sam. And mm -hmm. Um, it's brought up a lot of emotion, but it's also brought up a lot. And like you, I've got a new family. I've, I've got a, a, a mother, a half-sister, a half-brother half that I never knew I had. Wow. And it's changed my life forever. Um, but, you know, obviously from your point of view, having such a family, generations of adoption is so interesting. So did you always know that you were adopted? Um, I did. Well, I say I always knew. My mother said that she spoke to me um, fairly early on, probably when I was sort of about four or five, but I can't actually remember that. Um, it wasn't until I was about probably about seven 
and just randomly a child came up to me at school and just said, um, are you adopted? And oh, wow. Okay. I know, which is really weird. Yeah. I think her parents must have been talking about it or mm -hmm. something. And um, I just, at that point, just assumed perhaps everybody was adopted. So I said, yes. And the little girl said to me, well, that means that you didn't come out of your mummy's tummy. And I thought, well, that's a bit strange. I wasn't quite sure where I came from anyway, but I thought, okay. Mm -hmm. So I went home to speak to my mum and um, she said, yes, no, you are adopted. And uh, I then had to come to terms with what exactly that meant, which, um, yeah, I think it was, it's slightly, uh, it's difficult to know at that age. I think it sort of evolves as you get older, but it slightly derailed me, I think. Did your mother tell you that she was adopted at the same time? or I think I was aware that she was adopted. I think maybe the conversation came up at that point um, that she was adopted as well. Um, so it wasn't a strange thing in our family, and we certainly were very happy to discuss it um, going forward. Um, and I was kind of involved in my sister's adoption too, which, which was interesting. But, but yeah, I think it was just, yeah, it was just something basically that was brought into my life by a child <laughs> just randomly yeah. asking me the question. It's so, funny because, I mean, for me, I was told quite late. I was 14. That's really and late. Yeah. It's pretty late. Mm. And my brother was 16. So, you know, even later for him. And we were told at the same time. And it was really difficult to, to understand. And I look exactly like my adopted mother and like really like her. My brother looks very like, might look like my father. And so... I tried to tell quite a few of my friends and nobody believed me. And I was labeled actually to be a liar at school. And oh. it was quite, it was, yeah, it was a difficult experience because I was telling everybody the truth, but everybody thought I was lying because why would you tell somebody that your mum's not your mum when you're 14? It feels like, well, as you just said, it's yeah. pretty late. Yeah, yeah. And I lost all, I actually was very religious and I lost all my belief in religion at the time because yeah. I was like I thought well if God was alive or if God was real he would tell me and so that was my kind of uh way of thinking well he didn't tell me so I can't believe in him but how I can believe, believe in anything everything how can believe in anything yeah because yeah. every your whole world is turned upside down nothing makes sense anymore, no it does doesn't it? and then you get and you said look at your mom and you go so those eyes and that hair isn't actually it's 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 such a weird thing and like you just said as you evolve you start asking more and more questions and then adoption mm. becomes maybe a bit more of your identity. But I kind of shut it down because it felt like actually admitting you're adopted was not the right thing to do. And mm -hmm. so it was very, yeah, very different, I think, experience. No, I, mean, I can only begin to imagine what it must have felt like for you um, being told so late. Did your, yeah. your parents explain why they'd left it so long to let you know? I think they found it quite difficult to talk about it, to be honest. I mean, they were quite close in that respect mm. and you know I think it was very difficult to really just be honest mm. it was quite an old-fashioned upbringing I think I had whereas yours feels quite more progressive in the fact that your family were very open to talking about it well I do think maybe that's as you, as you said I think maybe that's because my mum herself was adopted so yes. uh, it, it was less of a of a hidden thing um, and so I was always fairly open about it. it. Interestingly, um, although my sister and I kind of reacted quite differently, I always was very inquisitive and I wanted to know more about where I came from and um, yeah, what made me really. And my sister, um, you know, a few times the word adoption would come out and she'd just run out of the room with her hands over her ears. 
saying adoption, adoption, adoption. She just couldn't cope with it, with the reality of what that was. So I think every child's different in their responses to things, but hers, she felt quite traumatized by it. Um, and now, obviously, we can talk about it quite happily, um, but she hasn't pursued looking for her birth family yet, um, whereas I was, from quite a sort of early age, was fairly keen on on doing that. So I think, yeah, we all approach, we all feel very differently about adoption growing up. It's a very personal response to that thing, I think. Oh, God, completely. I mean, my brother is two years older than me. We never talked about adoption. We never talked about our families. Obviously, obviously I found mine. He would never want to go on that journey himself. And mm. even when he was looking to have his own children with his wife, and he decided that he, you know, I said to him, why don't you adopt? You're adopted. And that wasn't something that would even come into his head, which is really interesting. It's so personal to each of us having that journey. And for me, like, obviously, when my mum died, I was 23. And, and a lot of my friends who knew I was adopted would say, oh, are you going to find out who your real mother is? And I was like, no, that is my real mother. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. So you have all of those emotions. And, and since I've met my birth mother I've got the emotions of guilt and uh because I feel like I'm maybe not thinking about my my mum and dad I mean it, the the psychological issues mm. I don't think ever leave you they just evolve and you can probably cope with them a little bit better as you get older absolutely yes absolutely that's uh, must have brought up uh, so many emotions being able to meet your your birth mother and having that that experience I can only I can only begin to imagine because sadly I didn't have quite the same outcome um but um yeah that's just again your whole sense of who you are and um, you know your life could have been a different gone a different direction completely um if different decisions had been made earlier on um it just throws so much up doesn't it I think yeah it throws so much up and I think what it does is it it's you know we'll talk about this a little bit later on but you know identity crisis Mm. has been something that I've lived my life kind of with imposter syndrome. And if you sort of read and research a lot about people who are adopted, one of the biggest things is they want to do more and more and more. They're never satisfied. And also they have this weird feeling of not belonging, which I understand weirdly in some ways we should feel like we belong even more because we've got two two lots of parents. (laughs) Yeah, that's so, that is so interesting. You you, you think so, but I think it's, it's, um, we do have a place of belonging, don't we? We Our our families were our place of belonging, but there is also, um, I couldn't really explain it. It's like a lack of rootedness somehow. I didn't feel firmly rooted. Everyone kind of knew where they came from, their family history, their, their their sense of their beginnings. Mm. Whereas I just felt kind of you're, you're plucked from somewhere and then you arrive in this adoptive home and they, they are your home, but where are your roots? Where did you start? What's, what's the start? You haven't got your feet in the earth. I don't, it's difficult to explain. No, no, I agree with you. Like you said, that analogy. We're kind of like trees, but we don't have those roots. Yes. As everybody else does, they've started from that point, you know, from that seed, they've grown, and, but we are a seed that's moved. Can I ask you a question, actually? I just, uh, when you met your birth mother, uh-huh. did that help? Did that give you that sense of rootedness or actually uh, just, or maybe I think it's begun to. I've, yeah. I've got a relationship with, with her and with my sister and my brother. 
Um, I love the, <laughs> this question because I think I've, I've got so many questions still to ask. I've got so much I've still got to work out. And I feel, I say, yeah, I, I haven't got there yet, to be honest. No, I think it no. would take a while. I'm still getting over the idea that maybe I shouldn't have done it because I've got that guilt. So I've still got, oh. I'm going over that at mm. the moment. Yeah. But I suppose what's really interesting is that obviously with your mother being adopted, she'll have obviously felt similar things or know what you potentially have been going through. And you, again, as a mother to an adopted child, you probably yeah. feel you can could almost have a signpost a few of these things. Did that happen with your own mother? I think, well, we're, we're quite different characters, my mum and me. And, um, you know, I have, you know, I've spoken to her about it and she felt very strongly she didn't want to search because she was very worried about what she was going to find. Um, and in fact, what we discovered was she'd been told basically that her, her mother had died and her okay. father hadn't been able to take care of her. So this was a story that she'd been told by her adoptive family. And then very much later, I was just going through the attic through some boxes and things. And I found um, at her, her parents' home, I found a, a birth certificate. And it was very obvious on there that her mother was, had been alive, but okay. there was no, no, no named father. Mm -hmm. So the shame of that scenario meant mm -hmm. that her adoptive parents made up a, a different story mm -hmm. to make it more socially acceptable, really. And she was, and I just thought this was amazing and interesting. She was very upset by that, very upset, but that she'd basically been told something that was so, so untrue about her start. But she was encouraging in regards to me looking for my birth mother. But I think when I first started looking in my early twenties, she felt very, I think she felt a bit concerned because we, our relationship was struggling a little bit and she, she would probably say the same. And she wondered what I was looking for. Mm. I think when I finally went searching a bit later on, um, it, she was less, less concerned at that point or less worried about it. Um, so, but then in regards to my son, um, I think my adoptive family history um, has made life so much easier for him. Nothing is, uh, being adopted in our family is not strange. In fact, it yeah. is the norm. It is the absolute norm. And I'm at, completely open to him talking about anything he wants to in regards to um, adoption. And I'm very much led by him. I'm not forcing anything onto him, but I've got some answers if he needs them. Um, and yeah, I'm just very open to talk about everything with him. So that, I think that's really, really, really helped with my adopting my own son, um, that we've got that, we've got that kind of bond in a way. Um, but as I said, every time, every era, had, was very, very different in its abductive experiences, I think. Yeah, completely. And I think, you know, as you say, what's really good is that now you can talk to your son really freely and openly. And mm -hmm. I think what's also really important too is that um, schools and, and other parents who may not have adoptive children can still explain to their children what adoption is and, and not make it like a little bit, potentially, as we just said, the sort of stigma it had yeah. in the 30s and, and even in the the 60s and you know when yeah. I was adopted in the late 70s again I still think my mum and dad weren't you know the story that I was told about who my parents were wasn't mm. the one like you've just identified that was on the birth certificate that I only received you know two years ago so yeah. there's this progression 
of education and openness is, is a very positive thing, definitely. Absolutely. I think in our era, it's it was, uh, well, well sorry, I might be slightly older than you, yeah. um, but in the 60s, certainly, um, you know, we were given no information at all. There was nothing that came with us, um, you know, just a, a little tiny bit of information, which actually wasn't fully correct at the time. Um, whereas now for children, you know, they have so much more background information, which can only be, you know, it can be tricky negotiating that sometimes because obviously some of the children have come from more uh, difficult backgrounds, but it's so much better that we have all that information. I had to go searching for it. I had to do all the work myself to find out the truth of my start. So, um, yeah. And that, and that whole search is, you know, is a massive journey. I mean, I actually did uh, the TV show Long Lost Family. So I... Oh, did you? Oh, wow. I did, but the ending is that obviously my mother didn't want to actually be on television, so we never got to that stage. But what we did do was that obviously ITV, the channel and the producers, you know, their duty of care is massive. And Mm. somebody said to me, you know, if you really want to do this, you talk to them because they're going to be the ones who find it and also they'll help you through this massive journey. So Mm. I had luckily had them to support me and take me through that because I think if I'd tried it on my own I literally would never have known even where to start. Yeah that's that's interesting in itself isn't it? Well for me what happened was um, I'd been living in New Zealand I came back and I just felt that this absolutely was the right time for me to to do it. I've been thinking about it for years and years and it felt really important to me so I had contacted the Catholic Children's Society where I knew um, I was adopted from um, and they invited me in for an interview and I was presented with a folder which um, contained a lot of paperwork from around that time. There were some letters from my birth mother as well about um, sort of corresponding with some of the social workers and things and a very, very touching letter which means a lot to me which I've got, I've got here. Um, then the next stage was I went up to London and I went to the birth, deaths and marriages place and went through all their massive tomes and folders and various things looking for any information, any birth certificates, anything I could find to start building up the story um, and find out where she was. Um, and then unfortunately, I was searching through, I just searching through the deaths, I think it was looking for grandparent deaths or anything like that, just any, any information. And very, very shockingly, I discovered that three years prior, my birth mother had actually died, which I think was one of the most devastating experiences of, of my life. I just, I, I think I had built up this big expectation that one day we would meet and be able to talk and I'd tell about my life. And we would just, I think that empty hole that adoptive people have in them a little bit, mm-hmm. um, just that somehow that would be filled. Um, but as I said, completely devastating. I went home um, and I walked in and my adoptive mother was there and I just said, she's dead. And my adoptive mother was just amazing. I have to say at that point, she just threw her arms around me and I cried and she held me. And I did go through quite a process of trying to assimilate that. I felt absolutely devastated. I can't even explain the feeling, completely devastated. Um, but moving forward from that, what good that came out of it was that on the certificates and various things I'd found, I found her death certificate, um, I was able to locate my birth aunt 
Okay. Um, and then the Catholic Children's Society, um, on my behalf, very carefully worded letter, approached her and letters went back and forth and they revealed who I was. And then she and I met um, in London. We went to London um, to the National Film Theatre. We sat outside. I walked up with my big folder. She was sitting there. And it was the most amazing experience. We didn't stop talking for about six to eight hours. She was so delighted to meet me because I was part of her sister who she'd lost. She was part of my birth mother who I'd lost. And we just, from that point, just built up the most amazing friendship. Um, and we holiday together every year as families. Um, and I'm so grateful for that because, um, yeah, losing, losing my birth mother, as I said, was never getting that opportunity felt completely devastating. And so I'm, I'm really interested in the fact that my meeting your birth mother, um, how, how that felt, whether that just, as I said, answered questions or made you feel more f settled or full or. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, you know, I, your story is amazing, and and for your adopted mother to give you the love that you needed when you were grieving was just is beautiful to hear, and it's it's my I suppose was kind of the other way around in respect of like, mm. obviously my my mum who was like my life and soul passed away when I was twenty three, which is a really important part of your life when you're that yeah, sort of age, absolutely, and it kind of changed it changed me and it's driven me as a as a person I do lots of things in her memory. So then oh. suddenly to decide to kind of meet the, my actual birth mother, the best part of it has been to see uh, a beautiful woman who never thought she'd ever see her three children together ever, to see them and to see her face when she sees us. I think I feel like I've done the right thing. You know what I mean? It feels yeah. like I was meant to do this. And because that completeness and that happiness and that wholeness for her because she was young when she had to unfortunately give me away to my fabulous yeah. other family for her to have that back I think is like it's just amazing and but, the craziest thing is Sam as well is that during lockdown I mean lots of things happened I'm sure everybody had like these <laughs> huge moves one of the biggest moves is that we me and my husband decided to move from London to to live in the country all right. Near the sea. And it oh, was lovely. a massive, yeah, lovely, but, you know, a really big decision. Yeah. And, you know, lots of factors. And, you know, and I, I was still doing this adoption journey and long lost family were some really helping with it. But, you know, like you've just said, that you start then writing your letters or you read these letters, which I didn't realize would be so much information that you could actually see. Like you say, it's fascinating. And sometimes I dip in and out of it and I want to get a bit more into it. But I need to ask my birth mother more questions but it's kind of too early but basically yeah. you know we live around the world we you know I've lived all over the world yeah. and suddenly to get this letter from my birth mother who I find out lives half an hour from where we moved away and yeah. my brother and my sister live half an hour away from where we moved nobody knew nobody had any idea where anybody oh, lived to oh, suddenly to be literally within a half hour drive, it is all meant to be. And I believe in fate. I believe in my mum and dad are up there looking down and saying, this is meant to be and this is completing this yes. circle. And weirdly, I said to a friend of mine, I, I feel I've completed the circle. And they said, no, Nick, you've actually opened it up. And I'm like, okay, well, that's the best way to think about it. And like you've just said, 
although the door may have closed with the fact that your birth mother had passed away, it what was opened was a whole new family and a relationship with somebody who you will have and you're going on holiday with and you've got the oh, rest yeah. of your life. Absolutely, which is so, in, is so incredibly special. As you said, it does open up so much, so much in my life. Um, and it's just, it's become an extension of my family. So what about your father? Did you find anything out about him? Yeah, okay. So um, I did one of those genetic testing kits um, because I, I think as an adoptive person, you know very little about anything to do with yourself. And um, I thought that might be really interesting. I could find out where I came from and all these sort of things and what sort of parts of the world. And I've got this mad curly hair. Where did that come from? I, I think that partly was from my birth mother. So I knew that. But, you know, there were other aspects of me. I thought this is really fascinating. Why am I quite like the way I am? This could be good. So um, I did the testing and it came back and it was indeed fascinating. So I discovered that I was having been brought up as a, as a nice Catholic girl. I was, um, in fact, half Ashkenazi Jew. So, okay. <laughs> um, from, um, I think the, uh, an American family, but, um, originated sort of from Belarus in Russia. So that was, I thought, wow, this is very wow. exotic. Um, and then on the other side, I got these sort of Irish and Scottish and British and all sorts of things. So quite a good old mixture. Um, and I put my name up, um, with some of the information and then I was contacted, um, quite randomly by a second cousin on behalf of his mother with whom I seem to share quite a lot of genetic link. And he said, oh, you know, which part of the family do you come from? This is a big extended family. Which, you know, which was, who were your parents? I thought, oh, this is really interesting. And all I had was a name. So I, I threw a name at him um, and he came back and he went, it's your, that's your birth father. He is still alive. I'll put you in touch with your cousins and they can, your close cousins, and they can, they can speak to you. And I thought, oh, I thought, oh my gosh, that's, that's amazing. Um, and so I, I, contacted them and they were absolutely lovely they were because they didn't know of my existence at all yeah um he didn't know of my existence which was also something that we had to tread slightly carefully um but yeah they were very very welcoming and I spoke to my birth aunt on that side too um and the only problem was my birth father had distanced himself from the family and had no contact with them for a very long time which was tricky um they did approach him on my behalf I wrote him a letter. He wasn't very, um, well, he didn't respond at okay. all. Um, so I thought, okay, we're going to, perhaps we're going to just have to leave it there. Um, and I've, you know, I've done my best. I met, as you said, expanded family. So I've got of all these amazing, and then quite an amazing family, actually, I have to say, <laughs> um, interesting people. Um, I thought, great. Well, I've got that. I've, I've got that. So I'm not going to meet him. Um, but then quite randomly, well, so randomly, but a few years ago, um, I was contacted by my cousin saying, well, your birth father is actually currently in hospital. Um, he is, is physically doing okay, but he has got some dementia. He was in his sort of nineties. Um, and he is allowing us to visit him. So they went in to visit him and bless them. They did a little video of him and he was still very much the character. <laughs> that he used to be. He was obviously very forgetful. Um, but I got a video of him and I saw him, his body, I saw him talking. I could look at his face. I could see him. I could see myself in, in his face. And that was in itself. I, I, sadly, he did die just after that. But that was amazing for me. It gave me a real sense of rootedness suddenly. I saw 
the person that, that I came from. I, I felt kind of like a little bit like my feet weren't, was in, weren't in the ground, but seeing him, hearing his voice and the way he moved, um, I don't know, I found that really, really special. So sadly for me, I wasn't able to meet um, or actually you know, have a relationship with either side of the family, but I have got so much out of my search. I think that's definitely and uh, yeah of course and as you say that's one of the funny things that i find quite strange is like when i see my half sister and my brother and my mother i kind of look at them and kind of almost squint to see where there's bits of me what can i yeah. get from it one of the other things that i found really interesting was that i haven't come from a big family there's no you know it's really small family so suddenly now to kind of extend it out and have younger half siblings who've all got children themselves has been quite an eye-opener for me and I always did always want a sister so it's kind of crazy to think that but also think about their dynamics because now you know she was the older one in the family now she's the middle child and she's like I don't think about it but then suddenly when I do think about it it's kind of it's the dynamic changes for for everybody everybody. sometimes Yeah, yeah you kind of we go on our little journey or our big journey, but actually this sort of ripple effect yeah. literally affects everyone. And, but it's, you know, it's, it's for the good. And I think, you know, what we're talking about today is about how adoption has really evolved. And I think it's so much more prevalent that people can talk about it so openly from such a young age that they don't go through maybe the shocks that you and I have gone through. In our generation, we felt like, you know, we didn't really have all the information to hand. And so the journey we went on, there was lots of different shocks and maybe, you know, lots of sort of paths that we could go on. Whereas mm. now with adoption, because it's so open and people can talk about it in such a better way, it means you don't have those kind of shocks that maybe you might have had when we were younger. No, and that no, absolutely. And that has to be that has to be a good thing. I think it's really important that children have access to the information about their start in life. Um, obviously, the children who are adopted now, the circumstances can be quite different. We've got the the book um, for our son, obviously, which has information about his birth family, um, and we obviously had the amazingly had the opportunity of meeting his birth mother as well. So we've got a lot of information for him if and when he needs it. He has asked some questions. I notice he will start talking about it, and then he'll quickly turn away and do something else. So it's just, it's bit by bit, but as he gets older, he'll have more questions and hopefully we'll be able to answer them. Um, I think it's, it's a really careful balance, isn't it? Between, I want the information to be there, but I don't necessarily want it to be constantly in his face, if you know what I mean. Um, cause you are make, you are creating a new family. You are a family. And I, yeah. So I think I, I've, I've always asked the question slightly with have all the information there, but be very much led by the child and what they want to know and what's important for them rather than just a blanket sort of constant feeding of information to them, if you see what I mean, if that makes sense. Yeah, completely, because you're the family and Mm. he's come from another one and there's the information, but he has to be part of you. Mm. One of the things that I'm, you know, I'm fascinated with is identity. And I think Mm. it's kind of shaped me in many ways, having having imposter syndrome and kind of really not knowing who I am, but also wanting to assert kind of who I am. Have you had that kind of identity crisis throughout your life? I think we're all such different characters, aren't we? And the way we express that can be so different. 
Um, so I'm only going to speak from my perspective. I think, yes, I definitely feel that there was some identity crisis. Um, you know, I came from a loving home, but I, I, again, I keep coming back to this sense of rootedness. I just don't, I just didn't feel, I felt there was a huge jigsaw puzzle, a huge piece of me that was missing, that was mine to own and I didn't have access to. And um, as I sort of got older, I definitely sort of struggled more. I think particularly in my, felt very directionless in my later teens and lacking in self-esteem and confidence in my later teens and sort of early 20s. Um, I, uh, I went to drama school and I did some acting for a while and then my big love was travel and I went off. I did a lot of traveling. Um, I changed jobs, my careers quite often. I was in and out of different relationships as well and often had relationships with people huge distances away as well rather than mm -hmm. close to. Um, and I always wondered whether the way I was, my way of being was impacted by was a sense of searching somehow, searching for a place I felt where I really fitted in, um, the job I really fitted in, the person I was supposed to really fit in with because I didn't really know I, there was a part of me that was missing. So I wasn't really quite sure. Yeah, a sense of identity, I suppose. Um, and I think, I don't know whether you've, have you ever read the book Primal Wound by Nancy no, Verrier? Oh, it's, no, it's really worth, well, I, I personally think it's really worth a read. And I know a lot of adopted people who've read it because it explains something that's within inside you. It's very difficult to put into words. It's a little bit of a, like a, a dark, empty space that kind of never feels like it, it needs to be filled by something. Um, and, and it's a sort of search for that sense of completeness, I suppose. That's a way of putting it. Yeah. Well, no, I think you're right. I mean, funny enough, I went to drama school as well. Oh, so, I <laughs> and I think maybe I, I always put that down to kind of an identity issue, to mm. looking at where you can create different characters and where you yes. can maybe take 100%. yourself out of 100%. a situation and actually put yourself into something that's not to do with you. And I think I've always done that. I've always felt that actually, weirdly, if I public speak, I can speak in front of a thousand people very easily, but put me on my own with somebody or telling me to go into a pub on my own, I'd find that the hardest thing ever because I feel like I don't belong. And yeah. oh gosh, yes. I think I what you're saying is that to the jigsaw puzzle, we complete, but we might have one piece missing. And that's kind of what an adoptive child or adult feels constantly. And yeah. it's kind of like, I, I suppose you just get used to it. So you just live with it and it's something that's with you. But when mm. that sort of, when it opens up, you can feel it in a really strong way. And only adopted people can really identify with other ones to say, that's how I'm going through. But, but the weird thing is like my brother's adopted and he won't even, we don't ever talk about adoption. We never talk about identity. It's almost like it's an unheard of thing. We just will never speak about it. And so interesting to be able to speak to you about it. I was going to say, yeah, my, I think you're, and also I'm in a, a lucky position within my family. Obviously it's a very, it's adoption is very much a, a thing. So it's mm. good to be able to. And I think what was really lovely when I got involved with this campaign is that after having my photo taken up in London and coming down, um, I, I sat around the table with my mum and my sister and just, we had a really great talk about adoption and what adoption had meant for us. And both of our early starts, my sister and I were quite different. And, you know, we're just chatting up and it was just, it's lovely. It's really important for adopted people to be able to connect with other people that feel that, that feeling, I think it's difficult to describe. As part of this campaign, Sam and I came together with other adoptive people to take these amazing portraits 
And in them, we had uh, words that explained really our emotions when it comes to adoption. So I love looking at your, uh, your imagery and it's fantastic. And I love that photo shoot and you look so happy in this picture. And I think there's some wonderful words in there. Obviously, Primal Wound is, is a definitely a book I'm going to read and yeah. missing puzzle pieces and all those kind of things that people yeah. feel. So there's a couple of words in here that I think we really like to talk to you about. Sure. Um, and that's integration. So how, why is that such an important word? So in regards to integration, I think it's that sense of there was another life for you um, at the very beginning. Choices were made on your behalf, in your best interest, and you became part of another life. And this was the life that I've been living. But that other past life also does have value. And I think um, in my journey, um, through my looking for my birth mother, my birth father, the information I've got, the relationships that I've built up from them, I now feel it's, it's giving much more sense of completion. It's putting those both worlds together. Both worlds um, are part of who I am. It's how they meld together. I've learned so much about who, a bit more about, a bit of acceptance, I think, in some of my uh, traits, should I say. <laughs> I can see, I wanna, I've got, you know, there are some positive ones, but there's a few challenges I feel I've had, but I, I've, you know, learned a bit more about my birth father and I think, oh, that's so interesting. Yes, perhaps we share that. Um, and I think just learning those things, it gives me much more sense of completeness, um, a sense of being. I think that's the best way of describing it. Yeah, I think what you've just said identified with regards to the completeness, I think that's such a interesting thing because I always thought I was complete, but now I actually know what that means because yeah. I've gone on that journey. I talked about the present. I may have lived in the past a lot because I missed my mum in a massive way and her, the impact of her death was huge on me. Yeah, And so I did everything in her memory and everything was really driven you know, really until now. But now I've learned that today is the only day that we have and to take everything on board and to just to, you know, ask the questions you've got to want to ask. Don't be fearful and be much more kind of like powerful in, in who you are. So yeah. I feel like my adoptive or adoption story and journey has actually enabled me to feel, yeah, like you just said, more secure and more... Yeah. More in the present yeah, rather in the, than on the earth. I've been yeah, on earth. Yeah, to be here, it's really difficult yeah. to explain. <laughs> I didn't come out of thin air. I actually yes. came from somewhere, um, and yeah. I have got a right to be standing with my two feet on the earth and um, you know uh, and living my life. So yeah, which you can feel a little bit sort of yeah. As I said, with not knowing the beginnings, it's like as said you plucked out of the air and and plopped somewhere. But yeah, where was that place? Where was that place? Now we know where that place is and we yeah. know who we are. It enables us to be able to do, to do more. And also, you know, it enables us to talk as openly as we are today. And mm. hopefully other people listening to this will, will benefit from it because they'll Absolutely. be like, okay, well, those two, you know, they're being honest and open about our journeys and, and how we feel and our emotions. And hopefully that might help, I hope, other people too. I, yeah, I hope so. And there is no shame at all to be had around adoption. Um, it's part of your life journey and it's part of what makes you who you are. And I, I know there's obviously been some emotional ups and downs, but actually it's been an incredible journey and I'm very grateful of it. I'm very grateful of everything that has come out of it. Um, and 
uh, yeah, so I, I look upon it as, as a positive thing and not something to be shamed about at all. No, Dissu, I think maybe a few years ago I would have thought it was shameful, but now I feel so happy to yeah. have done it and to have learned and educated myself and to have fulfilled not only me, it's about the new family. It's very special, very, very special. And even that's quite hard to sort of articulate. But I think, you know, it's really interesting to talk to you, obviously, about this. But how do you think um, that adoption has changed since you were adopted? Do you think it's changed from positive and it's a good thing now? Um, yeah, I think it has. I mean, hugely. You know, said back in the sort of 60s when my sister and I were adopted. I mean, the difference in my going through my adoption of my son and what my parents went through um, is just miles, miles apart. Yeah. I mean, they basically had one interview, um, I think, and they, somebody came around to chat to my parents because they were looking to adopt. Um, they came to chat to my parents, and um, my father was quite affronted because this young social worker asked him how much he earned. Um, that was the sum total of the preparation. Um, and next thing you know, they, they basically told there is a child available, um, and in Hove and to go down and collect me, um, wow. and which is astonishing. And I had been with a foster care, I think, for about six weeks. Um, and on a, I think I might have been with my birth mother for about a week and then the foster carer, luckily with a lovely foster carer who had taken great care of me. But my mum said, you know, she picked me up and all she had was like, I think a change of clothes or some nappies or something and a tin of carnation milk. That was, <laughs> that was literally it. I mean, that's a uh, goodbye. No, goodbye. No, yeah. no, no real sort of understanding of, of what that child might come with in regards to any trauma or, or anything. Nothing, nothing like that at all. Um, and my sister's situation was, was different, um, actually. And for her, I mean, much more traumatic beginnings in the sense that she wasn't placed into foster care. She was in a, in a sort of hospital setting with constant changes of people coming in and out to take care of her. And she was quite traumatized at the beginning. And um, my mum got her home. Um, I, I picked her. I walked in. My parents looked at her and thought, oh, dear. She, I mean, this child was looking very distressed. And I just went, oh, baby sister, baby sister. Oh. And they thought, oh, well, we can't. We must. We have to take her. So we, they took her, brought her home. But my, my sister was really, um, was really quite traumatized. And now we have a much better understanding of children coming from adoption and some of the traumas that can be brought with that, our preparation went on for a year and a half before we were allowed to adopt, you know? So it's, it's very, very different and it is better. It's much better now. We were so much more prepared. And I think my mum was blown away with how much we had to do in order to be able to adopt. But actually, I'm glad of it because it really helped prepare us for um, a child that was going to come into our care and any potential traumas that they might have. Um, post-adoption support are really good, great once um, you've had your child adopted as well. Um, and we're, our understanding of therapeutic parenting is so much better um, now. And yeah, I mean, it's worlds apart um, from the 60s to now, a world, a world apart. And I think it's great that adopters have to, have to go through this journey. You're quite challenged at times. You have to go into a lot of, about yourself and reveal a lot about yourself, but actually the end result and the, and the careful matching is is so important and yeah and really really worthwhile. Definitely, I think that's obviously the most important thing is that you're matched properly and that you, mm. as you say, you you yourself are psychologically and mentally able to bring a, a child into the life and give it what it needs. And I think you know, as you say, 
now is it's much, much better. And what would you say to anybody who's considering adoption now? I would say, I, obviously, I would encourage anyone to, to go for adoption. Um, the, our son has brought so much joy into our life. I can't even begin to tell you. Um, I was quite a much older mother when I adopted and I didn't know I was going to be able to adopt a younger child. He's brought incredible joy. He's changed our lives completely. Um, it's had his moments of challenge, but generally it's been amazing. Um, I would say absolutely, of course, I would encourage anyone to go for adoption. Um, be prepared for the journey. The journey is important um, to get you ready for for your child. The children are quite often coming from quite challenging backgrounds and have had difficult experiences, not all of them, but a lot of them. And you have to be prepared for that. It's not always a completely easy ride. And you will get, a, we know from certainly in our area, we've got very good post-adoption support. Um, it is challenging, but it's so incredibly rewarding. And I would just, I would encourage anyone who is thinking about it at the moment to start that first step just go and have a chat with somebody, um, you know, and, and just and start the process. At any point, you might want to stop if it just doesn't feel right. But my adoptive friends, um, they, all of them, we, we couldn't be prouder of our beautiful children. Um, and, and they all deserve a, a really good home. Oh, Sam, that's fantastic to hear. And it's thank you so much for being so open. We could talk forever about this because it's Absolutely. such an interesting conversation it's so fascinating as well all of us have got such different uh stories but it's been brilliant to have you on today on you can adopt and thank you so much for coming on and sharing your reflection with us and we really really appreciate it thank oh, you thank so you much it's been, it's been brilliant thank you so much